0: Freaky robot fish, cell phone users growing horns in the back of their heads, military and domestic drones, and exploring the final frontier of oxymorons with Marina Certis, and steampunk politics. The Fedora Chronicles presents the Metaphysical Connections News of the Week with Jason Cousineau, recorded for June 22, 2019. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show.
1: What's the matter? What the hell are you sending me? <laughs> the first advertisement says Britain's most popular pubic hairstyle reviewed, and it's attractive to men and women. What? Ooh. What? That's not what I sent you. Freaky robot fetish. Oh. Fish. <laughs> now see powered that- by blood and goes days without eating. <laughs> see now now we're gonna
0: now we're starting to record because of course you made a uh, the funny news story the first news story you read funny and that's why people listen to the podcast because (laughs) um uh, because we talk about the news of the week in a way that makes people crack up i was having dinner with with carol at a restaurant that is built right next door to where we used to live when carol and i were living in groton massachusetts right next door was a fire station and the, the, the fire station was upgraded and, and moved, and they had this beautiful empty building that somebody converted into this posh restaurant. It's beautiful. But the house where we used to live is gone, and now there's a parking lot. So <laughs> the, 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 where Carol and I spent our first night as a married couple is now a parking lot, which is kind of sad but right next door there's a beautiful restaurant that's now one of our favorites. Well there you go. Um, can't get too upset about that. Well the house was really sort of becoming dilapidated and I would have loved to have yeah. saved it but for sentimental reasons it would probably would have proven itself to be a money pit. But she was she was saying yeah. that she turned somebody on to the show. They listened to a couple of our episodes and they said it's the funniest news show that she's ever heard. <laughs> so th- that's what we're gonna keep doing. Just read the news, paranormal and otherwise, and laugh about it, and and hope that more people continue to like it. Our listenership is continuing to grow. And so of course, you're talking about a a freaky robot fetish,
1: I mean fish powered by blood, <laughs> It goes days without eating. But, you know, you send me this link, and there's a picture of a naked woman with her hands covering her crotch, and it says, Britain's most popular pubic hairstyle revealed, and it's attractive to men and women. Of course my mind's going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) There's like five pictures at the top. Three of them are half naked women. Well, it's also the Daily Star from the UK, so what did you expect? Well, I don't know. Is the Daily Star kind of like the Inquirer? Is that what what I'm to be understanding here, or, or what? Uh, I mean I've heard about the Page 3 girls.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is this is the same. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the reputation of the Daily Star is.
1: Okay. I mean cuz the on the other side of that banner is millionaire reveals he wants realistic intimate doll identical to ex-wife. That is creepy hmm. as hell. That is creepy as hell. That is that's just really that's fucked up. And that's just fucked up. Ooh. I don't know what's to say. All right. So scientists believe that it will soon be hard to tell the difference between robots and animals after developing a robotic fish powered by blood.
0: Yep. And the word blood is in quotations.
1: Let's also make that. Yeah. 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 Lifelike lionfish is similar to the animal's vascular system in that it can store energy pumped through the body, has multifunctional circulatory system with a blood-like compound, powering the robot in a pumping fashion, creating the illusion of a pulse. The robots usually operate by storing energy from a battery, but the robotic fish harvests its energy from a synthetic blood light solution, enabling it to move its fins and swim against a current. Why? Why not? Eh. (laughs) No, I I could think of a number of reasons why not. This shit's expensive. Why the hell, why, why? What, what, how is this going to help anyone in any way? I think the issue of all of this is that can we reproduce life, and should we?
0: There's something, there's something very Blade Runner slash Jurassic Park about this, that has yes, this me. Cr-
1: well, answer. with the with with a touch of Terminator thrown in, let's be honest. The,
0: the the idea of somebody creating robots that run on whatever, like the like, like they don't plug into anything.
1: The one thing about yeah, but how long? How long does it go? Yeah, I'm I'm reading ahead in the article. James Peekle. I love that name, Peekle. Yeah, co-author of the study at University of Pennsylvania's Department of Mechanical Engineering and Applied Mechanics. Wow, that's a mouthful. Uh, Yeah, we realized that the operation time of most robots is very short before they have to recharge on the order of tens of minutes. Yet humans can operate for days without eating. We want to solve this problem by finding ways to store energy in all the components of a robot. This robot blood is our first demonstration of storing energy in a fluid that is normally only used for actuation. As the fluid is pumped through the robot, the moving fluid causes the robot to move. The vascular system, therefore, is multifunctional. It is these multiple functions that allow the robot to maintain its dexterity while also having a lone operational time, a lone one yeah I think that's a typo and they meant to say long yeah because I mean what exactly does a loan operation time is this does this fish masturbate (laughs) I mean what exactly do they mean when they say loan operational time I think that's a I think that's a typo I think it is as well so they came up with the idea for the robot while brainstorming new ways of making robots more independent yeah let me guess they work for a company called Skynet
0: Because the thing is, Ugh. is that da- just down the street from where we used to work at Hologic, there's an a- there's an actual company called iRobot. You know. Yep. And, and, yep. And, and so many people have their products, like the Roomba. The iRobot mm-hmm. makes the Roomba, doesn't it? Yes, it does.
1: Yes, yes it does. So, yes, and and just so we're clear, iRobot doesn't really have any links to Apple at all in any way. They called themselves iRobot before Apple started using i for everything. Because they've actually been around for decades. Yeah, They've been around, hell, they were around when we were working at Hologic together. Yeah. Okay, so I I think he means long time because it says able to swim for long durations against a current and operate at a rate of 1.5 body lengths per minute with a maximum of 36 hours. Okay. So I think he meant long operational time and someone is causing me to get myself in trouble.
0: Yeah. So. Yep.
1: Yep, that's what I was that wondering means. what the function would be of a, of a masturbating fish robot. I really was. <laughs> but apparently that is not the case. <laughs> oh,
0: man. And that might actually be the topic for this week's show. <laughs> but I, because uh. I, 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 um, there are a, a couple of other stories that I had sent you. Um. Yep. You know, in the realm of robots, and it's like this. In the same day, we got this other one talking about in Huntington Park, California, uh crime-fighting robot deployed. Um And I wonder if this would be a good time to insert the the the, the theme from RoboCop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dead or alive, you're coming with me.
0: Yeah. So it was like, and the thing is, is that it it looks. It doesn't really look like a, a a man walking. It does not look like a man at all. It looks like a it
1: looks like a revolving a, a roving trash can. It looks like a cross between a Dalek, a Dalek from Doctor Who and R2D2 yeah. to be honest. Yeah. With a with a touch of uh black hole thrown in. Yeah. So, and I just to be clear, this is not really this is robotic in that it, it's 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 an autonomous machine, but all it really does is record shit yeah. and sends it back to police headquarters and then police headquarters will decide to do something or not. So this is very different than a cop walking the beat. This is just, a, they could accomplish the same thing with a drone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, okay. Except there's less photo opportunities for people. Yeah. How's that ironic? People at police headquarters are gonna are gonna be looking down this woman's shirt because she's bending over to move her children in place to take <laughs> pictures with the police robot. Yeah. Uh, Some guy's gonna walk in and look at look at the camera and be like, Tom, what the hell are you watching, dude? Dude, <laughs> this is the robot. This is I'm not. <laughs> this is
0: not what taxpayers paid for!
1: <laughs> but I'm not doing anything! <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, this, I don't know. This, this smacks to me of, of surveillance, a police surveillance state. Now, they're saying in the article, it says that it's going to over a public area. So I'm guessing it's designed to just go around like the city park. Or yeah. At least that's where their intent is. Yeah. Um, which, you know, okay. I can see that. Still smacks of a police state to me. It honestly does. And, like, uncomfortably so. It really, it,
0: it's, it's well, the thing is, is that there are already cameras everywhere.
1: I mean, what's the difference with this robot? The difference with this robot is on like body cameras on a cop, you've got yeah. a cop that can actually do something. Yeah. You know, there's something, there's a sort of unwritten trust between uh, civilians and police that says you can commit any crime you want as long as you don't get caught. Yeah. Kind of a thing, right? it's like the age old adage of if it's three o'clock in the morning and you're the only car on the road do you stop at a stop sign exactly don't do you well if there's a fucking camera that they're gonna mail me a ticket if i don't then yeah i'm gonna stop at the stop sign but at that point you know are you really how free are you at that at that stage you know, so that's what bothers me. And I'm saying this with right now, there is a police vehicle. looks like a SWAT car. Right. That's parked at the end of my street because we've had a spate of crime. So there's a couple of cars stolen. And so they just, it's a surveillance vehicle. They just park it there. It has cameras all around it, much like this robot. Yep. And it says right on it, we are here and we are monitoring because there's been a lot of crime. And it says that right on the side of it. And you appreciate that to an extent. Well, to an extent, yeah. And to an extent, no. I mean, I get it. I get why it's there. Um, But at the same time, it's been there for two weeks now. How much longer is it going to be there? You know, I feel guilty when I'm picking my nose as I'm driving down the road. And I don't want (laughs) to do that. It's just, I have a right to pick my nose in my own damn car. Damn right you do. So, you know, it just... Gets, gets me a really kind of hinky feeling, you know, It gets that weird sort of feeling on the back of your neck when you every day when you leave the house, you see that sitting there, you know, I don't feel like I'm free. I feel like that's a guard keeping an eye on me, making sure I don't do shit. Well, it's, you know? but it's
0: it's sort of like this, whereas it's like people who live in gated communities. There's a reason why people like living in, in gated communities for the illusion of safety. Mm-hmm.
1: And right. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm not one of those people. I mean, if it's a, I don't care how gilded the cage is, it's still a cage. Right. Even if you're the one that has the, that can open the door whenever you want, you're still living in a cage. Yeah. That's um, not, that's not something that I'm really interested in doing. So, yeah. On the one hand, eh, this is, this is minor. I mean, it's more police state than Robocop, but, at the same time i just it gives it gives me a hinky feeling i just there's no i don't know there's there's no real reason behind my not liking this other than that it doesn't make me feel safe it makes me feel sur- surveilled it makes me right. feel like i have no privacy
0: yeah that's what it really amounts to it really does you know it's like and i think that we mentioned this in the last podcast whereas the book 1984 is going to be celebrating its 70th anniversary next month in the month of July and mm-hmm. 35 years ago when the book was celebrating its 35th anniversary um, in 1984 I was actually reading 1984 in the year 1984 in school <laughs> did you do that thing well they got that wrong <laughs> well <laughs> not there's a lot of things whereas there's a lot of things that actually came true in the book and there's plenty of articles out there about what 1984 got right and what it got wrong and one of the Mm -hmm. things that it got right is the inevitable um
1: surveillance state that we live in yeah i mean now to be honest and fair we're not as bad as like london for example yeah Where in London, they can literally follow someone as they leave their house and go to their place of business. And then when they leave their place of business and go to the pub or wherever they're going to go. So we're not quite that bad. But it depends on what city you live in, too. Yeah. I mean, Because there's certainly small towns in England, I would imagine. They can't all be a city. And not all of those small towns are going to have the sort of surveillance cameras that they have in London. Right. Wondering if they have the problem with the murder that London has, though. I don't know. I mean, I I honestly
0: don't know, you know, how effective is it? And on the one hand, it's like if you're not, if you're just grooving around your day, you're having a great day, nothing bad is going on at all, it's sort of like it seems obtrusive. But when there's a crime or there's an accident and you
1: need to prove who did it, who's the suspect? Yeah, but is it it worth is it worth the sacrifice you know it's it's like when you're raising your kids and and like my son for example he's got a he's got a job now and he's got his money and and he's got his own money and he doesn't really have anything in the way of bills because he's too young yeah you know and because and yeah. he's talking about he wants to get a driver's license and i'm like okay we'll save up your money get a driver's like, you know i'll help you you know learn how to drive you have to pay for your test because you now have an income. So if you want a driver's license, that's something you have to pay for the test for. It's like 15 bucks. Sure. So, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm punishing him in any way, shape or form, but I'm trying to get him to understand that if you want to do things, you've got to pay for it. Yeah. You know. And he spends all of his money on video games, which is fine, I don't care. But, you know, then he's like, dad, can you buy me lunch? I'm like, well, no, because I'm working. Yeah. You know if you had asked me when I was taking lunch then maybe but you know but at the same time he saved up money and he took you know he on Father's Day he bought dinner for the entire family so yeah I can't really complain too much about that either right um but he's learning you know he's learning that you know he may get the instant gratification of hey I can buy this video game oh I can buy this down this DLC great but at the same time if you want a car you can't buy all those DLCs. You can't buy those video games yeah. because that's going to cost significantly more than you make in a paycheck. So you're right. going to have to save up for it. Right. And he's learning that. And we're going to be going out. We're going to be driving out to uh, New England this summer, yeah. next month. And, um, you know, he, if he wants to have a lot of spending money, it's going to be his money, not mine. Right. So, And he knows it. So it's, it's up to him. Mm. But, but but it's it's, it's at, kind of the same it's kind of the same thing with this though you know are we is the sacrifice the, is the short term sacrifice worth the long term goal and I'd have to honestly for me I'd have to see numbers how many crimes does this RoboCop thing this is well basically it's it's a non flying drone is right. really what it is this it's a Robo drone it's a how many sp- crimes does it help solve. It's a rolling not street, Yeah, right. It's a rolling
0: street drone. And the thing right. is is that how many, um, how many crimes does it help solve, or how many crimes does it prevent?
1: Well, that's the, that's I, the question. I would argue that the prevention is not as key to me as the solving, because if this drone is helping solve violent crimes, great, and solve them right not prevent them preventing prevention is a hard thing to prove yeah it really is because prevention by eight the hp robocop is not going to be any different than if there was a cop walking a beat yeah i don't see how that could be any different yeah how many people are going to look and see a robocop the see the robocop and go oh cr- shit man fucking you know put the crack away we, we, we we're going to get caught on camera exactly you know? They're going to say the same thing if they see a cop. The difference is the cop can show up and arrest them right then and there. Right. You know, it's that whole, there's a certain level of trust that we put in the police. And just like I wouldn't want to have cameras around, like for example, on 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 highways like the Massachusetts Turnpike where you get a ticket to get on the highway, you have to give the ticket back to get off the highway. There was, when I was living out there, there was actually discussion that... If they do the math and they find out that if you got on at exit two and got off at exit twelve, and the only way you could have those times match up is if you were speeding, they mail you a speeding ticket. Yeah, I am morally opposed to that because they didn't catch me doing right. it. You know what I mean? They have proof that yeah, you were speeding, but that that just means that, I don't know. That's that's not a that's not living free at that point. No you know you're just under a really really big prison. It's You know what I mean? And I'm 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 opposed to that. I want to live free. Freedom means that you have problems. Freedom means that you're going to have to deal with ugly things. Yeah. But that's the price of freedom. And if you're not willing to pay it, move somewhere else so that those of us who are willing to pay it can continue to live free. So, yeah, overall, I'm I'm not happy about this Robocop thing. Just put up fucking cameras like they do in all the other police states and let us just, you know, acknowledge that. Yeah. Putting a sci-fi twist on it is not going to make me feel like it's any more, any less of an intrusion on my privacy.
0: It is. It's, it, and it is. It's, it's, it's very weird to have to look at something like this And realize, oh, we are actually living in the world of 1984. It's just not as overtly dystopic. Right. It is. There's a lot of creepy things going on, such as we live in a, in, um, a surveillance state. We all have devices that track our every movement. We're feeding this giant corporate machine that the nsa right. and the doj allegedly
1: has access to whereas it's like they can't allegedly it's not allegedly apple uh, uh, has come out google even has come out and said that yeah if they have a warrant they get what they want yeah and facebook as well facebook and instagram since this the, no the facebook same doesn't even ask for a warrant they just <laughs> well, okay here you go. we're gathering it anyway might as well share
0: exactly and the, your your imitation of
1: um <laughs> Zuckerberg. Vic, Mark
0: Zuckerberg is is spot on um no because it, it it looks it looks like a lot of this is exactly what people like uh, George Orwell predicted except that a lot of the stuff they're not taking from us we're volunteering we're
1: volunteering yeah. all of this information Exactly. It's like those things that show up on Facebook all the time, you know, copy and paste this and fill in your own information. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. That's data mining. Oh, yeah. That's data mining. That's That wasn't put out by someone who wants to know more about their friends. That was put out by someone who wants to know more about everybody. Right. Because they're going to use that information and then they're going to be able to sell it and make money. Yeah. Off of information about you. Yeah. It's, you know, when it comes to things like the the HP RoboCop, my response is, how come the cops don't have cameras set up, webcams set up in their offices so that we can see what they're doing? That's not an unfair question, and I'm pretty
0: sure that it, it's inevitable that somebody is going to bring that up. Somebody is going right. to ask that, and they're going to put that they're going to put that to the test. the The other problem that I have is also with with government secrecy. And I don't want to perseverate on this for mm-hmm. for too long. I want to give I want to give this topic five minutes, give my little coda, my little wrap-up, and then move on to the next topic. Okay. Okay. So a couple of years ago, the town administrator in, in, here in Ringe was forced to resign in or be fired. She was and and we don't know why we we uh, there's a lot of rumors going along and one of the things that i said is is that when in an absence of facts rumors become the truth and there's a lot yeah. of rumors going along to say saying why was she forced to resign and it's not good. it's not good these are not it's um there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy speculation about a month ago the same woman was hired for the same job town administrator in the town next door, and she wasn't even there a year, and she was again forced to resign in lieu of being fired twice. This has happened to the same person, but we're not allowed to know the circumstances
1: and why she was forced to resign. Well, see, that's where public right to know comes up with privacy, right? That's where that's where the the shit hits the fan. Let's let's phrase it that way. Right? She has a right to her privacy, but she's working for the people of the city. She is a public employee. She is employed by yeah. the city. So the fact that she was forced to resign and not fired would indicate normally that she did something that was immoral but not illegal. You have a right to know what that is, to some extent anyway. You know, Was she incompetent? I mean- just a little more information is all you need. You don't need to know the details per se, but at least a little bit more information. You know, we, we forced her to retire because it wasn't working out. There was a personality conflict. It was, you know, an HR thing, whatever, you know. I mean, hell, the financial crisis of the 90s was caused by pornography for fuck's sake because all, <laughs> everyone in the SEC was looking at 70 hours of pornography while at work so in a week <laughs> yeah. which is pretty fucking amazing but anyway yeah you know i d- just a little more information would be helpful and i think because as a public employee that's that's entitled you can balance that right now they're defaulting far more tor- towards her privacy than they are to the public has a right to know and you know people are people out there in the private in the public sector are probably thinking well what about if you get fired does everyone need to deserve to know why you got fired no it depends
0: on what i work kind for of job. a private
1: company it depends on what kind of job you have obviously right but- i work for a private company first of all so there's no need for there to be like a newspaper article about it so you want to work in the public sector that's the consequences of you looking working in the public sector right you work for everybody in your area yeah
0: there's, you know, gets I mean, too- that's
1: just how it is. And it's, you know, to, to kind of tie in the surveillance thing, why don't, I mean, in the, the office of Congress, you know, in the halls of Congress, they have cameras up. That's what C-SPAN does. Yeah. C-SPAN has barely existing people watching it. Right. Simply because it's boring as hell. The process of our lawmaking body is very, very boring it's not exciting until there's something politically you know volatile going on and then all of a sudden viewership goes up and then it goes back down again it is
0: something- what i
1: want to see is not in the their their public private the public spaces where they're all meeting i want to see what's going on behind closed doors in their offices yeah. if they're doing work on my behalf i des- i have a i should have a right to know how they're going about it and ironically, remember what was it, fifteen years ago, whenever uh Gray Davis yeah. was recalled yeah, and, and they had like the they had like the parade of fools that were all going out for governor, there was a porn star that yeah. was that was applying for the governorship. I
0: only remember and,
1: I only remember this
0: because Sean Hannity interviewed her. Uh, oh, he interviewed all of them. Right. He interviewed all of them. I only remember this because Sean Hannity's interview with her was classic sean hannity whereas yeah. it was and i remember her name was mary Carey, and she later yep. showed up on an episode of celebrity rehab and it, it shocked to hear that a porn
1: star going through rehab
0: yeah what are the odds and so the ten thousand dollar question that everybody should be asking is if you run for public office should you I, and i look, town administrator of Ringe, new hampshire shouldn't you release your tax records um, well,
1: see, I don't know about that. There's and and sh- and, and also should you be drug tested. Should you I be- think at the at the state level? Yes, you should. But like with the reason why I brought up Mary Carey is because her platform was you will never have to worry have to guess about what I'm doing in office because I'm going to put up webcams in every room of the governor's mansion. Yeah. Leave it to a porn star to come up with. Hey, you want to watch me doing everything? Right. You no, know? but in all honesty, if Congress has offices and I'm paying for that office. It's not a residence. Why can't I know what's going on in there? Well, that's where we make our wheels and deal we do our wheeling and dealing. Why don't you want the people who pay your salary to know what it is you're doing on their time while they're paying you? It's like when I was
0: on the telecom committee for that very short period, and they had that without without me as the quote secretary, they had a meeting with a few of the town administrators and the, the the president, CEO, founder of the new cable company. And I wasn't there in that meeting. And that's right there. That's when I quit. That's when I quit because I'm supposed to be the secretary. I'm supposed to be recording this stuff.
1: And I'm not allowed in that meeting. That's all I needed to know. Right. Because now you know there's something going on here that they don't want people to know. And if they don't want people to know, that means it's something that is morally questionable. Yeah. And the only thing that makes sense is a payoff of some sort. And that's not an unfair
0: um, criticism. I don't think. I
1: don't think that that's unfair. Yeah, I I don't think so either. I mean, there's there's a lot that goes on in government that we may not like but is a necessary part of government. But I don't think it's up to the people in government to decide what it is we can and cannot see. I don't like that idea. Simply because they're in an elected position, we're paying their salary, and they're doing everything in our name. Yeah. So why the hell, like for example, the, this, this, the committee, the city council in the city I live in, all of their meetings are public, is the public is invited you know all of the 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 city website says hey we're having a meeting on this day they give everyone two weeks notice you know public is invited i have yet to see anything that indicates that they have ever done anything without the public being invited to it yeah i'm sure they do but i've never been aware of it in any way and that just makes sense to me you know if we're paying their salary and they're do- they're operating in my name, I have a right to know what they're doing in my name with my money. Exactly. All right, I think we beat this dead horse. I, it, what it we is, want to talk about
0: next? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think speaking about beating a dead horse, how about beating the war drum? Oh. Um. There's a ton <laughs> of news that has come down the pike in the past couple of days, or the past week about Iran. And yep. like first, one thing, like pulling out of the, the phony uh, 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 nuclear deal with Iran for the past I, 20 or 30 years, Iran's nuclear program has been a cause of concern for the United States and our, and our allies because they came right out and said, as soon as we build a, a nuclear weapon, we're going to obliterate Israel. That's one of
1: their. I would would think it would be more than a concern for us. It should be a concern for everyone in the world. Yes, Uh, that's why I said United States and and our allies. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I would I would argue not just our allies. Even the people that don't like us should be concerned by that. You have a you have a government. You have a a nation saying once we have the capability of killing someone else we're going to use it. Yeah. That's concerning. And that's in and of itself that's the whole reason why the UN exists is so that they can impose sanctions on people like that and the world as a as a group can tell them no. That's not what you should do with that, Billy. Put the dog down. Yeah. So <laughs> It just yeah, it, it's it kills me. Yeah. It kills me. So basically, a U.S. Navy drone was shot down by Iran over Strait of Hormuz in an un, "quote unquote" unprovoked attack. Central Command says. Now, no, know who the Central Command? U.S. Central Command. Yeah, it's an unprovoked attack. Well, I don't know if you're in there, if you're over there in their airspace, even though you're in international waters, they still have a certain amount of. National airspace over those waters. If we were over that, then they have every right to shoot it down. Is how I look at it.
0: Right. It's how they. Yeah, I I understand why they would want because we just we just got done talking about how awful it is feeling like you live in a a surveillance state, and of course, there be we have drones flying over their country or around their country in international waters and in perhaps maybe international airspace and of course they of course they're going to feel threatened to some extent and is shooting right. is shooting a drone down an act of war i i don't i don't know if it's in international waters it's i mean it's just a drone it's not like there's living people it's not like there's an actual living human being in the drone piling. it's not like shooting down an airplane right and then a week earlier we're talk- it was on the news everywhere for a couple of hours about the sinking, uh, no, not, not the sinking, the attempted sinking tanker, I guess. See, now that's different because
1: now you're talking about human life. Now we're talking about human life. If if, if we were running, if we're throwing a, a drone, we're sending a couple million dollar drone or five, $15 billion, whatever, sending this drone into another nation's airspace and they shoot it down hey it's cost of doing business yeah no harm no foul we lost money we made a gamble we rolled the dice we lost yeah that to me is not that big of a deal yeah
0: I mean so, it's just it's just a drone and you exactly. ought, you ought to know that they are they are going to shoot down it's a drone and the reason why mm-hmm. we use drones is because it they're I guess they're less expensive than actual airplanes. and you can send them into regions where if they get shot down, who cares? I mean, really, who cares if a drone gets shot down? I don't think no, I don't think I don't think that there are parents somewhere out there in the country crying because of a loss of a drone. But the thing is is that it's like, are we provoking them? By flying drones over their country. And by the way, during the Obama administration, I don't know what the statistic was, but we killed more people using drones than all the other countries combined, mostly because we're the only country that actually uses drones to the same extent as we
1: do. I seem to remember that article, and I think they they were trying to imply, I don't know whether this is factual or not, but it seemed to me, reading the article, they were trying to imply that we killed more people with drones than they killed in any other way, every other way possible. Okay. But that could have been me misreading it. Yeah. So, just pointing that out. Um, But yes, I understood it. That was the whole point of having drones, is that we're not putting human lives at risk. Yeah. That's the point of having these drones. Um, Now... There was another article, I forget if it was on CNN or wherever the heck it was. Um, There was attacks on oil tankers in the Gulf of Oman, which is not that far from the Straits of Hormuz, if my geography is correct, which you know, that's what Google's for and I didn't bother looking it up. Um, That was why we sent the drone in, as I understand it, is to take a look and see what's going on. Now they shot it down. Seems to me that in terms of relative levels of aggression we're sitting about equal the difference is if they've killed people now the scales are tipping more against them than they are inequality yeah because we didn't kill anybody you know it just doesn't I don't it but again we're not getting the entire story no we're not <laughs> and that's i think that's the theme
0: of this week's show we don't know the whole story because it's being kept from us reasons that i can kind of understand we don't want to advertise what we're what we're doing and what we're planning and what we're going to do next
1: yeah and i i love like i'm looking at the cnn article the other countries are alliance with the motive for bombing of ships in the gulf they're talking about the uh the gulf was the the oil tankers were hit by mines in the gulf yeah So that's what they're talking about. And the other countries are alliance with a motive for bombing the ships in the Gulf are the U.S. and Israel, according to Iranian officials. Given that the U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton has personally called for regime change, and given that the U.S. and U.K. governments lied their way to a war in Iraq some 16 years ago, they say it's not inconceivable that the Gulf attacks are a false flag black operation intended to generate a casus bellum, which is a case for war. Um, CNN can't help itself. Bush lied. People died. They can't help themselves. No. The US and UK governments lied the way to war in Iraq some 16 years ago. This is an, another link he sent me to another article talked about this. Again, the US and UK did not lie. A lie is when you know what the truth is and you're not telling it. Yeah. What happened is the US, the UK, Mossad, the French intelligence agency, even the fucking KGB all agreed that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. Yeah. They all agreed. And the reason why they all agreed is because every single one of those countries, including us, sold them weapons of mass destruction. That's how we know they have them. Right. If I sell someone a car, I know they have a car. So it's not a lie to say they have a car. Well, how do you know? Because I sold it to them. Did we find them? Yes. Yes, we did. We found what we gave them. Was it what they implied it to be? No, it was not. But they were there. They did exist. It was not a lie. It was inaccurate, but that is not the same thing as a lie. Inaccuracy is saying 2 plus 2 equals 22. That's inaccurate. If I know that 2 plus 2 is 4, and I say 2 plus 2 is 22, now I'm lying. Right. So... There's there's a difference there. But again, CNN has to keep going through with that whole Bush lied, people died thing. Right. Because they can't be wrong. Yeah. Which just annoys the shit out of me. Right. I would rather they say, you know, we were wrong about this. And I would rather, honestly, Bush had said the same thing. Yeah, we thought he had weapons of mass destruction. He didn't. Didn't have the ones we sold them. We don't know where they are. We're thinking that's a problem.
0: Yeah. And And on top of that, there were rumors- that i uh, iraq under saddam hussein's regime moved the the web the the weapons of mass destruction to syria syria via the rebecca highway i don't know why the calling i don't know why that the name the rebecca highway is important but that's a fact <laughs> that i remember very very yeah. clearly and a couple of years later or recently Assad is accused of using chemical weapons on his own people. And nobody is saying, hey, where did he get the chemical weapons? How come we're not how come we how, how come that's not a big huge question that we're dealing with? How did Assad Assange get these? Am I saying Assad? Assad, not because no, not, Assad, come, not Assange. You can imagine why I confuse the two. Yes. <laughs> And the thing is, yep. is that we're not we're not being intellectually honest talking about how did this happen, how how right. did how did this happen, how did this country get these weapons, where did they come from, and nobody's putting it together. Oh wait a minute, there was a news item that I read a couple of, uh, that somebody had claimed that the chemical weapons were moved out of Iraq before our invasion of that country maybe that's what's nobody's nobody's making the connection which is frustrating i i admit now the ten thousand dollar question that i have is what are we reading in the news about what's going on with iran is actually true because for folks who don't remember the review of the book um in retrospect by robert mcnamara and the movie the The companion movie um, Fog of War, where Robert McNamara said that they made mistakes and that the incident, the Gulf of Tonkin, was bullshit. And this kid misread sonar radar signals on his screen and they knew it was probably bogus. He was probably looking at porpoises. Yeah. And we escalated the war in Vietnam based on something that we knew was bullshit. And right. a lot of people are screaming on the internet saying the the um, attack on this tanker is bogus. Is that this is a false flag operation? Haven't we haven't we been warning you about false flag operations? Haven't we been warning you?
1: And well, here's here's the thing, right? Yeah. Why? what does the u.s have to gain by starting and provoking iran what do they have to gain if trump doesn't need it for political reasons he's doing fine politically right now right he's according to all the polls he stands depending on who the the democratic challenger is he stands a good chance of getting reelected in yeah. 2020. good bad or indifferent he stands a good chance of it yeah so what benefit is there for us to go to war with iran because this paragraph in the CNN article is honest and true, actually. The reality is, and Iran knows this as well as the U.S., that a war against Iran would be catastrophic. Well, I disagree with catastrophic. It would not be good. But anyway, U.S. forces are nowhere near powerful enough in the region to contemplate a conventional war, still less to cope with the asymmetrical conflict that would, the Iranians have warned, involve pro Tehran militia in attacks against the U.S. and her allies from Saudi Arabia to Israel and Iraq. Right. So so, why? Why would we do it? Why would we engage in a false flag black ops thing that would just provoke a war with a country that we have no beef with that is only going to hurt us politically in that region and internationally? Why would we do it? And you can't say oil. Because, you can't say oil. Because, we haven't been dependent upon OPEC for years now.
0: Because with all the... Um, with all the drilling that we're doing here in the United States, and and how we've ramped up production in our own country, we're now exporting more oil.
1: Yeah. Than we're actually we, using. so it's not oil. We I, don't need to go into Iran for oil or Iraq. So why? What benefit do we have provoking Iran? I mean, do you want me? A, that's what I want to know. I mean, here's, now here's the thing: if you were to tell me it's because Trump's an idiot and he thinks we need it, oh, I'm not i'm not going to deny that trump is an idiot he Dude, made there very are things well about trump i don't it. like i i i admit that i have but but at on the same time, what what would the benefit be what does trump think the benefit would be for provoking iran why is this happening and i'll fully admit that i haven't been paying as much attention to international politics as i otherwise would have because of shit going on in my own life but sure. this doesn't make any logical sense to me what is the benefit to the nation for us provoking iran why would we provoke iran i don't know why i don't and therein lies the problem right so john bolton is calling for a regime change okay john bolton doesn't like the lead- current leadership in iran congratulations most people don't yeah um why what benefit would we have by engaging in, in regime change in iran how would that help us we can't, there's no financial benefit unless Trump's got some friends who are like, you know, if you were to go to uh, start a war with Iran, we could sell a lot of fucking guns, man. We could make a lot of money out of this. Yeah, because I could see Trump doing that for to just to help out his friends in the military industrial complex that I could see. That's a hard sell. It really is. It really is. What has Iran done? Well, Iran sank an oil tanker. Okay. But again, we don't need that oil. So why do we care? At what point does this stop becoming a rhetorical
0: question? and, And somebody expects an answer from me to answer this. Because is it because of Iran's nuclear program that we're willing to stage a false flag operation so we have an excuse to go to war with Iran? Um are we looking for I don't any know. for it seems to me that for the past 20 years at least for the past 20 years maybe even going back as far as late 70s during the Iranian hostage crisis we've been looking for an excuse to go to war with Iran it
1: seems but again the the question is why i don't know them wanting to, them wanting to destroy israel i think is a is a valid reason right. for us to want to engage with iran But setting up a black flag operation to have an excuse so we can go to war with them, that doesn't sit right with me. That doesn't, it does not feel, it doesn't feel right. It's not an equivalency. They're saying, once we have those nuclear missiles, we're going to destroy Israel. Okay, fine. Do you have nuclear missiles? No, but we're working on it, I'm telling you why fine get back
0: to me when you actually have some shit i mean again it's like why are we doing this why are we playing why are we playing this war game i don't don't know i don't bothers
1: me because the thing is is that it bothers me well and we're dispatching a thousand troops um here it is the u.s is dispatching a thousand troops to the region after the u.s navy filmed the removal of what they said was an unexploded limpet mine from the hull of one of the stricken ships in the iranian navy by the iranian navy Photographs released by the U.S. of damage to the Kokuka, Courageous, were used to reinforce the allegations that Iran was behind the attacks. Okay, fine. Everyone knows about Photoshop; those could be fake. Right. Why are we sending a thousand troops to that area now? Exactly. This seems to be an escalation of things coming out of nowhere. We're because at- Iran has been saying for. Decades that they're gonna destroy Israel as soon as they have the chance. The UN doesn't give a shit because they're mostly Muslim and Muslim sympathizers anyway. Half of them are anti Semitic and they don't even give a shit about Iran. Half the rest are anti-Semitic and don't give a shit about Israel anyway. The the UN as a whole does not give a shit if Israel were to drop off the face of the map. They really don't. That's the truth of it. When you look at the list of countries for human rights violations. The U.S. and Iran are always in the top 20, or the U.S. and Israel are always in the top 20 over places like Saudi Arabia where women did not have the right to vote. Yeah. So, clearly, we're horrible places compared to that.
0: Uh, and on top of everything else, I mean, we did we not mention that we have just sold a, a whole bunch of um, arms to Saudi Arabia who <laughs> has been
1: accused of human rights violations? And the, and well, I don't understand, I'll be completely honest, I do not understand what the reason why we treat Saudi Arabia as well as we do. I really don't. I, it's, it's- More than half of the 9-11 attackers were from Saudi Arabia. Yeah. The majority were from Saudi Arabia. And the day that it happened, we flew members of the Saudi Arabian, one, one of the few planes in the sky that day yeah. were being escorted by the US military and it had members of the Saudi Arabian royal family in it. Yeah. And they were being flown out of the U.S. to go back home. Why? Yeah. Why are they such an ally of ours? I have yet to understand why that is. Especially given that we no longer need their oil. It was a bad thing when we needed their oil, but I at least could understand the political reasons behind it. Because the United States is going to fall apart if we don't have enough gasoline. Right? Sure. But now that we don't need their oil, why do we have an alliance with Saudi Arabia. Why are we doing this? I don't get it. I really honestly do not get it. Why the hell are we involved in the Middle East at all now? If we don't have a reason for being there, why are we involved? Other than to defend Israel, why are we involved? And this doesn't look like it's defending Israel to me. It really doesn't. But I will fully admit that I am not fully read up or read into as they say in the spy movies. I'm not read into this very well. I don't understand what's going on here. But the surface of it is we're doing shit we don't need to do. I I am honestly befuddled. And the thing
0: is is that I mean this is this is prime conspiracy theory territory here. And I am coming up with blanks as to why are we doing this? Why you know how many trillions of dollars have we wasted in the Middle East? At what like perfect example right after september 11th we used that horror as an excuse to topple iraq even if there's really no hardcore evidence that saddam hussein was actually funneling money or funding al-qaeda it was like one of those things where it's like in the back of our head maybe we should do something about iraq but maybe not today maybe someday september 11th happened and we go and we attacked iraq and i'm saying and now we're involved with this thing between Afghanistan and Pakistan. And it was like an apparently, and, and Pakistan, is that not where Osama bin Laden was hiding when he was finally captured? Wasn't he hiding in Pakistan when we finally captured him?
1: So the, I forget where he was. I thought he was
0: in Afghanistan. I forget. I'm going to just pause this for a second and look. Where was Osama bin
1: laden when he was captured it was pakistan abbott pakistan yeah so the question Abadabed. so the question is Abadab- Abad- 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 sorry
0: go ahead. <laughs> um and it reminds me of 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 the song that i should play um uh but the question about uh, the question is is that how come we're we're not angry with Pakistan for harboring this fugitive, the most wanted fugitive in the history of the United States? How come we're not pissed off at, at at Pakistan? Unless, of course, Pakistan had
1: said, "Hey, we know where he is. He's here in our country. Come and get him." Well, to be honest with you, I believe that that is exactly the case. Pakistan actually, was- yeah the ones that informed us of where he was. Um, And as far as like Iran goes, they've, they've always been troublemakers in the region. Yeah. You know, they've always been the, one of the most vociferous voices against Israel. Saudi Arabia has not been as vociferous about it in terms of the royal family and official political stances. However, they have been sponsoring, helping to sponsor every terrorist organization from that region. Right. So Saudi Arabia is like, all right, it's kinda of like me and my brother when we were growing up. My mom would say, Go clean your room. My brother and I shared the room. My brother would bitch and whine and yell about it and complain and clean up the room. I would say, Okay, go upstairs and read a book. Right. You know? Saudi Arabia is more like the me in that scenario. They're going upstairs, they're reading a book. They're still making a mess. They're still causing problems, but they're not being loud about it. Whereas Iran's more like my brother. They they're being loud and saying, We need to get rid of Israel. Yeah. So, I mean, I I understand all of that i right. do i just don't understand what the benefit is up until the point when we know iran has nuclear weapons which as i understand it we have no reason to suspect they do and we have no reason to suspect that they are capable of producing one in the near future so why why is shit escalating out there there's something going on here that we don't know right i i be- and I honestly, I'm starting to think it's business. Yeah. I'm
0: left I'm uh, I'm left wondering what exactly is going on. Why are we doing this? And I know that we're talking around in circles around this.
1: Yeah. It's- but at the same time, I mean, I understand why Iran would be pissed. We've got sanctions on it, throttling their oil exports. We're crippling their economy. I get it why they're pissed. Right. But if we're crippling their economy and throttling their oil experts and they're getting pissed off, you know what that means? the sanctions are working. Right. So why are we escalating in any way shape or form? If the sanctions are working, which we have every reason to believe they are. Which we
0: believe that they are. And they're and they're acting desperate. Right, which is what they seem to be doing. Right. And if we and if we actually have an all-out war with Iraq and we cripple them, we literally we create Iran. another failed state in the Middle right. East. Who does that help? Now this is another country that we're going to have to take care of
1: because we... Well, I'm still trying to figure out why the hell we're still in Iraq. You know, I I got friends in the military. One of them is being deployed next year to Afghanistan. Why the hell are we still there? Well, somebody has to guard the poppy fields, Jay. (laughs) I I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. I mean, as I understand it, Mexico is outstripping... Um, the middle East in terms of the, the poppy, um, the poppy crop, you know, more cocaine and shit's coming out of Mexico than coming out of the middle East now. So why the hell are we there? Yeah. It just, it doesn't, I'm afraid we're going to, we're going to be spilling blood and without knowing why, Yeah, you know, when we went in, when Bush was president, we went in, we knew why. Whether we were right or wrong, we knew why. This makes no sense to me. Well, they sank an oil tanker. Yeah. Did anyone die? No. Shut the fuck up. And there are people questioning Why did they sink you know, why did they sink the oil tanker? They sank the oil tanker because they're trying to lash out at us. But the tanker didn't. They're trying sink. to say we still have power, we are going to hurt the uh, American economy of the Allies. Yeah. Okay. But the Leave problem Israel alone. Yeah. But Let's spank your ass.
0: But the problem is, well, it's not a problem. They didn't sink the tanker. The tanker did not actually sink.
1: Right, so they didn't kill anybody.
0: Right, the tanker was actually struck by two explosive devices. I don't know if they're missiles or 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 mines. Mines is what they've been saying, yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. I have no idea, man. I have no and. It's a, it's a conspiracy theory without a conspiracy, <laughs> you know? Well, and that's, therein lies the problem, you know? If we don't have information, so people are going to make shit up. Oh, sure. And as you mentioned earlier, in the, in the absence of fact, you know, rumors become reality. Right. Rumors become fact. In the absence
0: you of know? truth, rumors become fact. Or in, yeah, in the absence of facts, rumors become
1: truth. Right, and if that's, and if Iran is doing all this shit to to try and you know they're rattling their saber, because what we're doing is working. Why the hell are we changing yep. what we're doing? Fucking let it go and let it let those sanctions continue to work. Yeah. Now I understand also that part of this is because international sentiment is anti-U.S. Right. A lot of it is. So they're trying to capitalize on the anti-U.S. sentiment to drum up sympathy for them and their cause but this is where the the rest of the world's politics I don't get either because okay you hate us I get that yeah but why do you hate us so much that you're willing to let a, a country like Israel get shot to hell and you can't say because they don't deserve to be there because it depends on what part of history you're looking at as to whose land that is yeah right if you go back far enough it should belong to the fucking monkeys so whatever um so why are we willing to let an existing country? why are we willing to sacrifice an existing country? or why are they because they don't like us? and that's our ally. Yeah, you know there's, there comes a point in time when you have to look at what you're doing and you have to say, am I doing the right thing or am I just am I am I falling off course here? Yeah, and that's what I think is happening here. I think we're starting to fall off course and the rest of the world's starting to fall off course. I think Trump, and his arrogance is saying, "Well, if they don't like us, screw them," you know. And I suck at I have no good Trump impression. I apologize. Like I, I it must be because I have real hair. Um, <laughs> I have real hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, but yours has a little red in it, so that kind of goes yeah. along with the orange. Yeah. but I don't. But
0: so I I think that I think it's it, there's a part of me that wonders if whether or not Trump is like in the White House grumbling to himself that. Like, well, Bush had his Middle East war and Obama had his Middle East war. How come he doesn't get a Middle East war? I want my Middle East war. Yeah, uh,
1: I, it,
0: did, and do I have to do I could see Trump, Trump imp- doing that. Do I have to do just, my pr- Trump
1: impression? No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I just, I, I can see Trump thinking that. I really can. But he's an idiot. <sighs> you know? And no blood should be spilled because someone's an idiot. I think that the
0: reason why this hits so close to home for us, because my kid's going to be seventeen in a week.
1: Your and my kid, son's joining the military next year after he
0: graduates. Your kid is joining the military, and the thing is, mm-hmm. is that we look at this as like like how come we're getting involved in Venezuela if ben- if if Venezuela is a failed socialist state. Which they are. And we hate and we hate socialism. Which we do. Let it collapse if you feel that strongly about hating socialist states. Let it collapse. Let it whatever's gonna happen happen. Let it happen. If you really feel that strongly against socialism, so that you can point and say, See, look, this is what happens what this is what happens with socialism. And then yeah. and Venezuela has plenty of oil. I think the issue I think that the issue is with everything that we had said so far today in this show. I think I think that it's not about the fact that we need the oil. I think it's because we want to control the flow of oil all around the globe. That might be Yeah, but that's a power grab. And so what would be the point? It's a power grab. What would be Yeah, but if the United, we are. If we're controlling the oil in say
1: Venezuela or Iran, why do we need to grab for more power? We have, we have the most influential. We are the most influential country in the world right now.
0: Because we don't want-
1: influence equals power when it comes to politics. So why do we want? Here's a more crazy power?
0: conspiracy theory, and you can literally watch the birth of conspiracy theory right here on News of the Week. With Jason Cousinot for the Fedora Chronicles radio show and the Metaphysical Connection. Here's the birth of a conspiracy theory right here. We want to control the oil in Iran and Venezuela so China and Russia don't. We want to control the flow of oil, not Russia and not China. That is what, if we're going to fake a war in those two other countries, that's the reason why we want to do it. Not for ourselves we're not we're not controlling the flow of oil for ourselves because we need it. We want to control the flow of oil so that we can control and dominate the rest of the world, and Russia and China won't. We don't want those two other countries to be in control of the flow of oil. That's what i i that's that's the only conceivable reason why
1: I would think that that's the reason why we would do this and even then kind of falls in on itself, you know. It just I don't We
0: want to control we want to control the flow of oil so other countries like China I and mean, Russia won't. That that
1: that has a logic to it. I just It has a twisted sadistic narcissistic it it, logic it to really it. It really does. But it just doesn't make sense though. Why Because you're a rational human being. Well, let's not go crazy. I mean you're a
0: more rational. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that there are people in the Pentagon right now who are pulling their hair out, wondering how can we better, better control the world through controlling the flow of oil out of, out of these, these states that are not friendly to the United States. That's the only thing that I can think of, is why would they do this if they don't pose an immediate threat to us? We don't because the thing is, is that if we control the flow of oil and Russia and China doesn't, then that means that we will stifle the economy of our two biggest adversaries,
1: Russia and China. All right. Well, that's not going to work because, first of all, Russia's economy is not oil based. It's well, it's not entirely oil based. Let's phrase it that way. China's economy is based off of ours. Yeah. As long as we're doing good, China's going to do good it's an artificial thing right they've set it up that way and they fully intend it which means china is dependent on us as much as they don't like us they are dependent on us yeah because if we crash they come with us yeah they are too tied to our economy for them to want to bring about our downfall also ironically that means that if they're wholly dependent upon our economy being good they don't want to crash our economy either so there's some hinky stuff in there but those are the really core basics of it china doesn't like us but they've based their economy off of us so now they're dependent on us and and ironically we're dependent upon them too it's not quite a symbiotic relationship but it's as close as you get in politics right so china i don't see any reason why we need to be concerned about china as far as that goes in terms of economic power because they have a vested interest in not seeing us fail russia russia's still the big problem yeah you know i'm i'm a little surprised that obama wasn't smart enough to realize that you know the 80s political situation hadn't changed that much no if anything it reverted back to what it used to be exactly it did and you know it's still there's they 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 are still our number one geopolitical adversary in the world they really are yeah um that doesn't mean they're they they don't have the power they used to they don't have the influence they used to putin is trying his level best to change that but i don't from my understanding of the international situation he hasn't quite achieved that yet right so i don't know i'm just waiting for the fucking aliens to attack so we can start finally start working (laughs) together instead of against each other yeah yeah i don't know what to say
0: I mean I I I honest I honestly do not know what to say about this and what is what's going to happen within the next couple of weeks and months and years right uh, I I have no idea um I do think I do think that this is I I I think that a lot of us have sort of like woken up I think a lot of us have well, sort of like
1: I think so and I think ironically the election of Trump is what did it you know you and I anyway With the election of trump and i think the the lead up to it we're no longer as tied to party as we used to be no you know we i'm still i consider myself to still be a conservative i'm more libertarian than than classic conservative i guess you could say but i'm not married at all to any of the parties in fact i i think it would be we'd be better off if we had a lot more parties the more parties we have politically the better off we're as a nation i think yeah this Two-party system sucks ass. It really does. Yeah. Um, I would love to see the Democratic vote and the Republican vote get split. Both of them get split three ways. Yeah. So we have like six or seven political parties that are all vying for power because then they're going to have to be making deals with each other Um, and you're going to have people that agree with, you know, party A on this, party B on that and party D on that and you know what I mean? And that's going to benefit the country and make us stronger, much more than this right, left, black, white shit that goes on now. Because I was talking about this with my girlfriend the other night, and the problem with politics today is that it's not just tribal, it's, it's binary. So like, for example, I care about the environment. So if I talk to people and all they hear me say is I'm talking about the environment, they assume I'm also anti-gun. Sure. They assume I'm also big government. They assume this, they assume that. They assume I am a progressive liberal, but I'm not. So if someone else hears me talking about, say, the gun issue, they're going to assume I'm... For very small government, they're going to assume that I'm because that's the way the political lines are drawn in the public imagination. And the truth is very, 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 very few people are that binary. The vast majority of people in the United States lean right on some ways, lean left in other ways. And where their pendulum is, is very individualistic. So you may talk to someone and you may agree with them about 80% of things, but then you have that 20% you disagree. Right. And you both consider yourselves to be conservatives. You may talk to someone else, and there may be about 40% you agree on, and they consider themselves to be a liberal, and you consider yourselves to be a conservative. Right. And the more we talk to people without letting our emotions get in the way, the more we're going to learn, the more we're going to understand, and the better off we're going to be. It's what unites us that's more important than what divides us. Because if we concentrate on what unites us, we'll be able to reach the middle ground on what divides us. And that's how that's how we make the country better. That's how we make our society better. Yeah. And the media is not helping at all. I mean, the, the Internet is a great place to find echo chambers. The problem with an echo chamber is you don't learn anything. On the, top of everything else, that's exactly the problem. Yeah.
0: Is that. How I cannot tell you how many times I, I, f- I found myself in these groups um, and the point where it's just like really sort of like really what we're doing is just clapping each other on the back yeah, and saying, hey, congratulations, good for you, blah, 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 you know, thanks, you know, oh, you're so right, you're so right, blah, 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 and it was just like there's just not enough people out there to actually say, you know, look... <laughs> Um, I don't agree with you, but I uh, but I understand where you're coming from. I uh, and right. uh, um, like um, I'm writing this thing for Nick Ottens, and I'm like six paragraphs into it, and it's going to I, hopefully when it's done, it's going to be on his his website. Never was, and one of the things that I have said about what's killing steampunk and diesel punk to a a smaller extent is the uh, the partisanship of it all whereas it's like you have people who are famous steampunks they're famous for being steampunks but they you have to know how they think and feel about donald trump and their biggest thing right now is how do we impeach trump how do we get rid of trump Trump, 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 Trump is a bad person. People who wear those mega hats, they're bad people. Trump is an idiot. Trump is And at, at what point did you stop being a famous steampunk celebrity and just become a political pundit? And yeah. and, and there's and there is a couple in Nashville who famous steampunk couple and allegedly they have gone out of their way to destroy a friend of ours because uh, because they think that he's a Trump supporter or they destroyed him because he didn't support Hillary in the last campaign and i was and i was talking to another person about a steampunk event that we might go to and this woman said steampunk's dead to me they killed steampunk and I said, what do you mean they still killed steampunk? And and it's like, well, your article didn't help. <laughs> but <laughs> the 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 thing is is that what really killed it is the partisan partisan politics. Yeah. And and in some regards, Trump is the best thing that ever happened to some of these steampunks because they have a villain to rally against. And but that's not that's not a part of retrofuturism. Not in any
1: way, shape, or form. And it was just and like- In fact, to me, if anything, politics should have no place in it, unless as a, what would the politics be like in such a situation? Yeah. Current politics should not affect that. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's going to influence it because we're humans. We can't help that. But you should not, I mean, you've got people out there that are saying, oh, you're not steampunk because you support for Trump, or you, you're yeah. not steampunk because you're against Trump. That's ridiculous. Perfect example is that Nick Otten's
0: while we're recording this, Nick Otten's just published an article on Never Was. The art the name of this article, and you find it under the steampunk category. Can you be right wing and steampunk? That's ridiculous. But he raises a couple of really good questions based on his experience. On based on his experience and and observations it's not an unfair it's not an unfair question and a lot of what's really sort of driving people away from steampunk and diesel punk to a smaller extent is the constant politicalization of this of these genres and i and there are so many instances that i can think of on the top of my head where star trek is another fine example of a genre that's been ruined by politics. Marina Certis had had said something a, a couple of weeks ago about being a Republican and being a Star Trek fan is a contradiction in terms. Really?
1: Because there are some aspects to yeah, Trek. Start- way, way to alienate half your audience, by good, the way. Good job. Good job. Well done. Yeah, this is- this. I hate it when, I mean, you've got artists- if music, music has a long tradition of music and comedy have long traditions of being ways of expressing political thought for mass consumption. Yeah, normally as truth to power, kind of a thing, right? That's that's how music has has grown. Same thing with comedy. Um, so I understand politics entering into those, making movies. Okay, I can see how politics can bleed into that too, because you're going to tell stories, and you're going to you, the heroes of your stories are going to are going to reflect what you value and stuff like that. So it's going to creep into that, just is. Um, that being said, though, why insert it into areas that doesn't it, it's not already? Like for example, Star Trek. I can see why Marina Sirtis would say that, because Star Trek. The government of the future is collectivist. It's the, you know, people don't need to worry about money because the government provides everything, everyone works in harmony, all that other kind of happy shit. So I can see why she would say that. Yeah. But at the same time, that is not the foundation of the source of entertainment. It's not a show about how everyone's happy because the government's providing them. It's a story about exploration and the power of the individual, which are largely considered to be conservative ideals, you know? So in that way, I can see that she's completely off base because the truth is in any art form, the viewer gets out of it what they have going on in their own lives and what they have going on. And that's what makes the difference between art and anything else, right? Is you have that level of interpretation in there. So when you have someone who is considered to be a creator, even though a an actor let's face it is not always a creator normally they're just playing a part they're interpreting one character within the larger whole yeah coming out and saying this is how you have to interpret it i disagree with that
0: because there are aspects
1: there are aspects. i mean i'm telling you there are
0: aspects to star trek that is very pro-military and does there are aspects of it that does have a very conservative slant to it because i mean it, it in many respects it, it it's space navy i'm not going to whip right. out the sound effect machine right now it's space force in the 24th century <laughs> and and the thing is, is it, really, that it
1: really is and the military contrary to what Al Gore may have thought in the the 2000 election the military defaults to the right politically yeah so even though they're from a largely leftist government in Star Trek, the focus of the show is actually more leaning right-wing because it deals with the military, power of the individuals, how one person can make a difference. Well, of course, it's one person commanding a ship of about 5,000 people, but whatever, you know. Whatever, whatever. So, and, yeah,
0: and, and you read these quotes from these actors and stuff like that. And it was just like, uh, you know, did you watch the show? <laughs> right. did, seriously, did you did you watch the show that you were there? Were a lot of there were a lot of heavy handed messages in this machine? Uh, and, yeah, there are and, and there are heavy handed messages in the show that did sort of tackle that. And- sometimes in when um, when dealing with a powerful adversary, sometimes the best defense is a threat of an even stronger offense. There are a, there are a lot of shows, there are a lot of episodes of Star Trek that dealt with some very conser- quote, conservative issues, some
1: very pro
0: military well, issues that should well, that should have made her
1: feel uncomfortable. Right, and the truth is, like if you look at the Borg, the Borg, the Borg are the ultimate collectivists. Yeah, they really are. And what was the only thing that prevented the Borg from taking over? The military. Yeah. So, I mean, there should have been a lot. If she's as far leftist as to say something like that, there's a lot going on in that show. I yeah. mean, I just beat my mic for some reason. There's a lot going on in that show that would make should have made her very uncomfortable at the time of filming. But it's one thing to say something like that when you're at a convention or in an interview. And it's another thing that when you're on the set of the show and you're in the thick of it, to realize what's going on yeah. and think about what's going on. So I can't blame her too much. I can't fault her too much for that. Because the truth of the matter is, while during filming, she's not thinking about the overall message of the show. She's thinking about, you know, how's the light hitting me? You know, if I say it this way, how is that going? What implications is that going to get? Is that going to get the point across? If I say it like this, it could have more meaning, blah, blah, blah. You know, those are the things that are going through an actor's head, not... Oh, geez. Holy shit. The Borg is communist Russia, and we are the military machine that's going to end yeah, fascism. Yeah, there was
0: a lot of that as well. There was. there's, And you see a lot of people who are pro-Space Force. There are a lot of people who are pro. All they care about are the ships and the uniforms. Well, it's living out their fantasy. Yeah. There's a lot of people who watch Star Trek, and they get all involved in Star Trek because of they love the idea of the Space Navy. As it were, an interstellar, intra galactic space navy, and they, they and all they care about is the uh, the uh, capabilities of the ships and how do they stack up against like the Klingons, the Romulans, and, and the Ferengi, and yeah. and they get all well, excited. It's
1: the love of numbers. I mean, it's the same reason why Star Trek and Star Wars fans fight and argue with each other over which technology is superior. Yeah, you know. Warp speed is faster than light speed. Going into hyperspace, yeah, but a Death Star is gonna is the most powerful uh, weapon ever created in science fiction or whatever. Yeah, and, okay, uh, you've heard of the exhaust port, right? I mean, right. You know, it's it's well, we know the exhaust port was actually a fault that was put in there intentionally, but now the <laughs> <laughs> and now we know that. <laughs> but the whole th- which. By the way, as a nice segue, I recently watched the entire Star Wars saga, and I watched episodes one through three, then Rogue One, then four, five, six, yeah. and seven, and eight. And I have to say, episode eight is a complete aberration. It does not fit within the tone like the other seven do at all. The other eight, if you include Rogue One. Right. And Rogue One is per- fits absolutely perfectly. Oh, yeah. It hits all the beat. As you if you watch Rogue One and then watch the original Star Wars movie, everything they talk about in the opening scroll is what happened in Rogue One. Right. Everything. It's fucking phenomenal. Anyway, that's segue over. But it's because they're not looking at it as a realistic thing. They're looking at it as like a video game. Right. It's numbers. It's like sports. It's it's a pastime for them.
0: Really, it it really is and the but the thing is is it this is it's 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 declarative statements like this it's declarative statements like what marina sirtis had said which has really alienated me from
1: star trek it it, which is unfortunate because that was i know that was something that you loved you really enjoyed it yeah i mean when i first met you 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 loved star Trek. oh absolutely I mean, I, I love the first time I went over to your house. You were like, dude, look at this model. And you pulled out a model
0: of the enterprise. I used were, to, I used to, I, and here's the thing. I used to build, yeah, I used to build models of all this, these, all, the, any science fiction spaceship I can get my hands on. I mean, I learned how to airbrush. I learned how to um, use all kinds of epoxies and stuff like, and I loved it. And I, I just got so alienated by the way that they were celebrating the the way that they were celebrating mediocrity and, yeah. and and giving dorks all of this fawning over all of these dorks who whose lives revolved around this show to such an extent whereas like they were actually encouraging people to quit quit your normal life and follow follow Gene Roddenberry's version of Scientology. Forget L. Ron Hubbard. Let's get on yeah. board with Gene Roddenberry's um, secularist religion. And I know yeah. that sounds like a contradiction, but the thing is, is that there's a well, point, there's there's a point where I had to walk away from it because they put when 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 Trekkies aren't you, interested in what's really going on with NASA. Right.
1: That's when I walked away. That's when I, mean, I was done. Because you were interested, in, you were that inspired you, yeah, to get to get involved and learn about what's going on with the actual science of it. That's one thing that oh, what's her name? The original Uhura, Michelle um, Nichols. Thank you, Michelle Michelle Nichols. Um, that was one of the things that she really impressed me with is her involvement on her in her personal life with getting people interested in science yeah getting people interested in in astrophysics and all of that she did a lot to do that in her personal life and i have so much respect for her over that yeah i mean of the original the original series the actors in the original series i think she's the one i have the most respect for personally because of that she saw that as you know this is a great way for people to get into science we can make this happen right if enough people get involved in the science behind it you know what i mean and she really really got into that and that was so impressive to me so and then you had you know captain kirk became tj hooker (laughs) i thought was a rather appropriate name but you know whatever um
0: so (laughs) i do i i do want to close out the show talking about conventions for a second okay um we had talked in in previous episodes about a hypericon mm-hmm. and why and um in a show that i kind of like put in the back pocket for a rainy day we talked about how um we're not going to hypericon because they mm-hmm. made some ridiculous um requests of us and with all the time and effort that we were going to put into promoting Hypericon on the Fedora Chronicles and on the Metaphysical Connection, we were going to use Instagram, Twitter, Facebook to promote our appearance at Hypericon, and then they were still going to charge us thirty dollars a day to so go to Hypericon. To go to Hypericon, yeah. we're going to give them all of this free publicity, and still, and I had a a, a lengthy conversation. With the the two women who are running Hypericon, and and I and I I said, you guys need a publicist. You need to hire a publicist. You need a, a um an event promoter. Here's my experience with promoting events. I'm willing to do this, but I'm going to get paid. I didn't hear back from them,
1: yeah. so
0: I'm mean, so we're not and going now, right. And and to be fair, Hypericon is happening like in two weeks, in less than two weeks. As of this recording, it's happening in 15 days, mm-hmm. and there's no, there's nothing going on. There's no, there's no buzz. Being, you go to Twitter and you search for Hypericon and you find, and you find other people using the name Hypericon that's not associated with the convention, and they have not announced much of anything. They've, I, they, I don't even think they've announced any of the panels, and but the thing is, is that and. And here's the thing: I'm I'm not going to mention the name of this convention because they don't even have a name yet. But I'm talking with some folks who are working on a a, a, a convention that, okay, when we get more news uh, about it, we will let you know. But the thing is, is that we're not going to we're unless it has something to do with the Fedora Chronicles or the metaphysical connection. And if we are not if we're not there if we're not there to participate, if we're not going to be on panels or if we're not going to be there to cover it, if we're not there as media or press, we're not going to we're not going to promote it on our website because we've gotten burned in the past. We have we have said, "Hey, there's this convention. You should go. Go to this convention because it looks like it's going to be a good time," only to turn out that it's been it's the, it's the Steampunk Fire Festival, essentially, <laughs> what some of these have turned into. And sort of like I, I, the point that I'm trying to make is that there are a couple of panels that I have prepared. I have prepared a couple of panels on the topic of cyberbullying and how to combat it, um, exploring the paranormal through podcasting and the do's and don'ts. Um and the future of steampunk and diesel punk and is is steampunk going to remain um, a subculture or, or is it going to go the way of the disco I, I i have these seminars and i'm more than willing to go and be on these panels on these topics and more um i there's one there's one panel i'd like to be on about ancient civilizations and how they are far more advanced than we originally thought i'd love to be on those panels um and i'd like you to be there too jay but the the, the thing is yeah. is that there's something going on with
1: conventions um and that yeah and then i don't know for me it seems like conventions have it used to be a celebration of whatever topic the convention was about. Right. Right. Um, but more and more, the conventions are becoming their own business, and it's all oh, about sure. the convention. Sure. And I think, at least in my exposure, and it's purely because of where my interests lie, the The San Diego Comic-Con is really, I think, the start of that. And every convention out there has dreams of being the next San Diego Comic-Con. Whether right. Whether that's They deal with comic books, um, science fiction, whatever it is that they deal with. They want to be the next Comic-Con. Right. And the San Diego Comic-Con has become so just fucking vain that, like, they sued the Salt Lake Comic-Con for using the term Comic-Con in their advertising. Yeah. Which is ridiculous to begin with. But even more ridiculous, they won the lawsuit. Yeah. So, apparently... You can copyright two words together or a word in abbreviation. Now you can copyright that and no one else can use it except you. Sure. So I actually have litigation in place to copyright the word don't. (laughs) And I'm going to safely retire because everyone who uses the word don't is going to owe me a penny. (laughs) <laughs> every time they use it. Yeah. It's my retirement plan. <laughs> it's a pretty
0: lousy retirement plan, Jay, just to <laughs> let you know. I'm not impressed.
1: <sighs>
0: I do think we need to have a conversation about your retirement program and and how we have to up your game because <laughs> that's not... <laughs> Quite possibly,
1: quite yeah. possibly. I thought that's what the scotch was for.
0: Yeah. So we so the thing is, is that we have these seminars because we're, we're we're going to start expanding the Fedora Chronicles into doing live seminars and doing live promotions mm-hmm. in certain parts of the country. Um, and obviously, I will keep you informed because you're a, you're a part of it, as it were. Um, and uh, keep the audience. Uh, it, I would love to meet members of our audience. And that would be cool. That would be cool. And just like, and just sit down and say, this is why we do what we do. And you're the reason why we do it, you know, and, you know, and, and get, you know, get all, get all 12 of them together and I'll buy them coffee. (laughs) 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 We have more than 12 listeners. We'll
1: order out for pizza. We just (laughs) need a medium.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of exciting things that, that we're doing. Um, and there's a lot of, I want to get other people involved. And I actually reached out to a musician who I love and admire. Uh, and I hope that she'll be able to get on the show sometime and talk about her work. And, um, but this this whole thing with conventions, they're, they're here, and there are other people who are doing really bad conventions, like in, say, Piscataway, New Jersey, and have driven it into the ground and there are the people who are remaining who are trying to bring it back to its former glory those people are doing the lord's work i think but i think that something i think something's going to happen something needs to something needs to happen and i think that we need to figure out how do we pull people in who are who've been alienated for the past 20 years how do we get them through the doors and i want to work with these people and and see what we can do so um yeah so that's basically where i'm going to leave the show for for today uh for this week and i just want to like before i let you go is there anything um anything else that you you'd like to be able to say before we we sign off for the week
1: can we talk just a minute and i I really shouldn't because i'm gonna get yelled at by my boss but can we talk for a second about the horny teenagers i guess i guess i used to be one So, so Well, no, 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 This This article you sent, younger generations Oh, ho-
0: oh those are horny
1: teenagers. Those horny teenagers, yes. These horny teenagers. So, according to news.com.au, which is Australian, apparently, due to extended use of technology like smartphones and tablets, people are growing a horn-like bone growth on the back of their skull. This is absolutely fascinating to me. Yeah. How the hell... Does a cell phone, or a, a, even a tablet? I mean, a cell phone I can understand—you hold it up to your head. But a tablet, I don't yeah. don't hold. How is this causing a bone spur to appear on the back of the, your skull? That's now, your, when we say a, a, yeah. a bone spur, it's a ten to thirty millimeter bony lump at the base of the skull. Yeah. So let me consult the Oracle of Google. Ten millimeters. How do you spell millimeter? M-i-meter inches. It's like, yeah, it's, it's 0.39 inches. So it's less than, it's less than a half yeah. inch just growing off the back of their skull. Yep. Oh, what's, what's 30 millimeters? That's going to be over, that's going to be like an inch. Yeah. That's over an inch. That's like one, like one in 1.18 inches yeah. is 30 millimeters. So apparently by looking back, down at your phone, you're pulling on, there's a tendon or something pulling on the base of the skull and it's causing the bones to act, the bone to actually grow a little spur there to accommodate that. Yep. That's fucked up. It is. These findings were surprising, according to Dr. Shahar, these findings were surprising because typically they take years to develop and are more likely to be seen in the aging population. It's important to understand that in most cases. The bone spurs measure a few single millimeters, yet we found projections of 10 to 30 millimeters in the studied young population. Yeah. There's one, they have a picture of one growth that's 2.1 centimeters. Yeah. Holy shit, that's huge. 2.1 centimeters. I have a ruler right here. That's an inch. Yeah. That's an inch. That's, That's every bit of an inch. Yep. Finding, all right, the findings offer a warning about the impact of poor posture we hypothesize that the sustained increased load at the muscle attachment is due to the weight of the head shifting forward with the use of modern technologies for long periods of time. Yeah. Should I be reading this in Australian accent? No. <laughs> <laughs> shifting the head forwards results of the transfer yeah. of the weights, the head's weight from the bones of the spine to the muscles at the back of the neck and head. Yeah. That's just perfect. Disturbing. <laughs> Teenagers today are more horny than we were. Yeah, but scientific not- proof. Scien- scientific proof. There you
0: go. Science there proves it all. That's right. Yep. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Alrighty. All right. Well, anyway, I'm gonna le- I'm gonna let you go before you get into trouble. And thank uh, you. And thank we, you. Will, we will. We and I will keep you posted about everything else that is going on. Uh, with uh, with it's this a- f-
1: definitely keep me in the loop, dude. All right, I sure
0: will. Alrighty, have a good one, dude. You too. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you next. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, the You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly twelve point five percent of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you'll get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for the Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles News. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedora's on.